Did you put that? Do you have that scripture for me, Mindy? All right, why don't we stand and let's read the word. We're going to read out of Matthew chapter 1 today. Um, I can read that. All right, it's the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah. Matthew chapter 1, 1 through 17. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David, of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Abinadab. Abinadab uh, was the father of Neshon. Neshon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the father of Jehoram. And Jehoram was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiachin and his brothers born at the time of exile to Babylon. After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiachin was the father of Shetil, and Shetil was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Akim. Akim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar. Eleazar was the father of Matham. Matham was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Dear Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for the heritage of the Lord that has come to us, has given us hope and a future. And I pray today that as we talk, Lord, and we share about moms, that Lord, that your hand would be upon us. That, Lord, that just your grace would run deep in this house today and you would touch our lives, Father God, by the words that you've given me. And we thank you and we praise you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. So, by that passage, it sounds like I'm here to talk about dads. <laughs> there are a lot of men in there. But if you look in there, there's five moms mentioned in there. And those are the, the ones I want to focus on today, those five moms. You know, in verse 3, it says, Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Now, you got to understand how that came about. Now, Judah had some sons, and Tamar married the eldest son, and he died without giving her children. Then, so she married the second son, and he died without giving her children. And so Judah says, okay, listen, I'll give you my third son. Just let him grow up. I mean, I don't know how old this lady was going to be by the time this kid grew up, you know. But when it got time to, um, for Judah to give her his son, he didn't do it. And he left, left her. And so Tamar was pretty upset. So what she did is she dressed herself like a prostitute, went on along the road where she heard Judah was coming. And she went down there and... And uh, she prostituted herself to him. He goes, well, I don't have any money. So he, she took his marker from him. And so that she had proof that it was, um, what's his name? Judah. 
<laughs> Judah, <laughs> Judah that was the one that she slept with. And so then she gets pregnant by Judah. And so they say, they go to Judah and they say, right, they say, hey, Tamar's pregnant. And they're, and they're like, well, she needs to be killed. Needs to be killed. And they're like, what? You know, so they come to get her. <laughs> they come to get her and she goes, okay, here's the father. If this is his thing. You know, his identity is in this. This is the father. And then when Judah found out it was him, he knew he'd made a mistake. So th this first mom that's mentioned in the lineage of Jesus had prostituted herself with her father-in-law to get pregnant, to birth a child that was born, that was in the line of Jesus Christ's birth, in the family of God. I mean, I look at that and I think, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know. And what I, what I get out of that one of tomorrow, God takes imperfect people to do great things. You know, because how many of you are perfect here today? How many perfect moms we have? Wow, we're batting a thousand today. <laughs> the wrong way. <laughs> but because we're not perfect, it doesn't mean that God can't use us to birth something great. Amen? God can take our imperfections. God can take, and, and this is men and women, God can take our imperfections and cause us to do something. You know, even, even this was wrong. I mean, that'd be so wrong. You know, I'm trying to think on who I can use this as an example, how many, you know, lineages we have in this house right now. But I won't put it on anybody. <laughs> I'll just say thank you. But, you know, when you, when you sleep with your father-in-law because he didn't do what he said, and by him you birth two sons, and then the one goes on in the lineage of Christ. It's a miracle. See, God can take the rubble and put it together into a miracle. And I, and I know that we've all got rubble that we've walked through, stuff that we've done in our lives that we've walked through that we're, you know, we're either coming out of it, trying to come out of it, or, we, or we're on the other side of it now. But we all have that. And so because we have that, we can know that we can trust God. When I listen to Ed talk about, you know, you just got to trust God. You know, for me, tithing was a hard thing. But when I started trusting God, it became easy, huh? It became, you know, but even, you know, Delonda and I, sometimes we just so feel... Like we, we were so inadequate as parents when our kids were growing up, you know, because we, we do the best we can, right? And Tamar, man, she's like, I don't know what else to do. This guy's not going to give me what he said he was going to give me. He's giving him away to somebody else. I want, my, I want what's due me. Things were different back then. That'd be like Liz dying and you marrying her sister. And then, or you dying and you marrying his brother. There, I got my example, huh? <laughs> That's what happened there. And, but still, the amazing thing to me when I read this is that this is in the line of Christ. You know, from Adam to Christ, right here in the middle, you have this lady that prostituted herself to her father-in-law to get two babies. And yet he's right there in the middle. Who did he have? She had um, Perez. And, and Zira, but Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron was the father of Ram, and it goes on. And then if you go down to, you know, verse 6, but it talks about in the word that the Israelites were not to intermarry with other races of people at that time. They were God's people, special to them. They weren't to intermarry. That was a big thing. Don't intermarry. You know, because what, 
What he meant by intermarrying is don't marry people that don't follow God. That's what, he, that's what the whole thing was. Because the other races that were around him, they brought in their foreign gods. You know, and if you could read in the book of um, um, well, Samuel, 2 Samuel, and you read about Solomon, he married all these foreign women. And because he married all these foreign women, they brought in their foreign gods with him. He married people that didn't believe in God, but they believed in Baal and the Baal worship and stuff. And so when he married them, pretty soon he started worshiping the false gods. And that's why God said, don't intermarry. Don't do that. And, uh, but here you got this guy, you got Solomon was the father of Boaz, who, who, uh, whose mother was Rahab. Do you know who Rahab was? You know, when they, when they went across to um, destroy Jericho, they, they sent two spies in. And the spies came into the city in Jericho and, and this prostitute, something about prostitutes and the Israelites, this prostitute hit them in her roof. And uh, they came and they searched and they didn't find him and everything. And so she protected, she said, I protected you. So when you come to conquer Jericho, you got to protect me. So they said, if you tie this scarlet thread, this scarlet thread in your window in the wall, we'll, we won't destroy you. We won't kill you. But your whole family has to be in that room. Now, if you looked through the word of God, the scarlet thread is symbolic of the blood of Jesus that saves you. Amen. And she tied that in the window. So when they came, they got her and um, they rescued her and her family. They saved her. And now we read, we're reading in the lineage of Jesus about Rahab, the harlot, whose son carries on the father Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, carries on um, the work. So not only was she a harlot, but she was somebody that was outside the Israelites. I mean, she was from Jericho. You know, and Jericho was a bad place. They said, destroy it. God said, destroy it. Don't take anything from it. Just let it die. Let no one ever build there again. Anyone that builds there again is going to be cursed. That's what they said about Jericho. But yet this um, Rahab comes out of there, gets with, what's his name? Sol Solomon. And um, they have that child, Boaz, and the lineage of Christ carries on. I'm just amazed how God's grace is so sufficient. God's grace is so powerful. Doesn't matter what we've done before, before we came to Jesus, but when we step into Christ, it's amazing what God can do. See, I know that when Delon and I had little, you know, our girls were little, and uh, it was about five years old when we came back to Christ, huh? And uh, the oldest one was five, the youngest was three. And we'd already made a bunch of mistakes. I remember my five-year-old coming to me, and I think I mentioned this to you recently, or I said it online. She said, hey, Dad, I want you to pray for me that I don't smoke when I grow up. And I'm standing there with a cigarette in my hand. You know, I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, and it's like conviction hit me so hard, you know. And um, God set me free from it. And so neither one of them smoked, praise God. You know, but... Uh, I just never forget the, you know, the mistakes that I made and how God revealed them to me, but showed me how we broke those things. Did we break everything? No. Did you break everything in your family line? Probably not yet, but it's never too late, right? 
Never too late. Always work on it. Robert, it's good to see you, man. Is that your mama? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, good to see you. I see your wife over there with her mom. and <laughs> Awesome. So you guys are all tied together. It's like one big happy family, huh? Awesome. <laughs> all right. Robert and I, man, we, we had such a great time in New Orleans one time. We... We went after Katrina, and we did some work. And him and I, we got the kick, cake job, man, driving the truck. Eating four-boy sandwiches. Four boy sandwiches. <laughs> Good to see you, bro. So you, you, got, you got Boaz is born, and, and then Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Now, Ruth is a Moabite. Ruth comes from, um, how many of you remember Lot in the Bible? You had Abraham, you had his nephew Lot. And that line comes down to the Moabites. So you got uh, Ruth is a Moabite. And, and then you, you got, you know, Naomi, the mother-in-law. The mother-in-law, um, she had, Naomi has two sons and she marries her daughters, her sons off to, to Ruth and Ophir. And, and then her two sons die. And so Naomi takes on the responsibility of these two ladies. And so these got, she's got these ladies that she's taking care of. And then things come good in um, Israel and they move back to Israel. But on their way there, you know, Ruth says, I mean, Naomi says, why don't you go back to your parents? Ophir says, okay, I'm by. And Ruth says, no. She goes, you know, I'm going to make your people my people and your God my God. And she stayed with Naomi. So here we have, now, we have a, um, the Moabite woman coming in Staying with Ruth, marrying, who was it? Come on, you guys. Boaz. <laughs> very, very good. Married Boaz and um, then had Obed. And Obed was the father of who? Jesse, who was the father of King David. And Boaz was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. So out of all the wives that David made, you would have thought that God could have picked a better one. You know, because Bathsheba was the lady that, you know, King David looked out the, the you know, was out on the, uh, the, the roof of his building and he looked over and he saw Bathsheba bathing. She was married. He had her brought over to the palace, um, got her pregnant, and then um, had to kill her husband, you know, I mean, <laughs> terrible story, you know, when you think about it. And so then the baby comes and, and God says, well, we got to, we can't let that baby live. And so after a few days, the baby dies. You know, David's fasting and praying and crying out to God, hey, save the baby, save the baby. And God didn't save the baby. The baby died within like seven days. But yet Bathsheba got pregnant again with Solomon. And, you know, in, in the, some of the commentaries I read about Solomon, um, a lot of people refer to him as the greatest king Israel ever had because of the wealth and the wisdom that he had. But yet, even in all that wealth and that wisdom, he still fell away from the Lord. He still worshiped other gods. He still set up idols. He still didn't do what he was supposed to. But yet God, in the midst of all this, takes that child, Solomon, and makes him in the lineage of Christ. See, when God makes a promise that it's going to come to the line of the tribe of Judah, 
God sees that it's going to happen. Amen. And, and it's just, I, I think I would have done it differently. I think I would have went out and around and came back, you know, but God said, no, we're going to use Tamar. You know, we're going to, we're going to use Ruth. It's just amazing how we're going to use Bathsheba. We're going to use imperfect people to create the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. That's how God chose to do it. It's just amazing. So I know that God has chosen us, imperfect people, to do amazing things in the world today. Amen. That God still has a plan. Now, we may have made many mistakes. I know I made many mistakes in my life. I've done things that I won't even talk about <laughs> and that I probably forgot, too. Hallelujah. Blondie tells me I forget things. It's like those bad things I'm <laughs> I just forget. But in the midst of that, God picks up the broken pieces and he creates a king of kings out of the midst of that. God takes our, our mess and he makes it great. And you know, we may feel a little messy today. You know, we may feel a little messy because you know, you get, maybe you don't get, have kids that don't talk to you. You have kids that reject you. You have kids that are just don't want to have anything to do with you because, you know, when, when we're younger, we do things that we just, we mess up. And some people don't know how to get over the mess as our children don't know how to get over a mess. Our children, you know, they, they ask, you know, how could you let this happen? How could you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you treat me that way? You know, and, and, and things happen, you know, to us as parents, and so then here, when we're, we're going good, we're going strong, we're feeling good, and then your kids, kids aren't coming along with you, and it's, it's very difficult. It's a, a very much a challenge, and, and I know it's a challenge in the church because um, I, hear, I hear the stories of what's going on. And our kids don't always follow in our footsteps, but I hold on to the fact that train up a child in the way they should go. When they're old, they won't depart from it, Amen. I was lucky I got brought to church every Sunday. I was made to come to church. My mom drugged me to church. My dad said, get up, boy. <laughs> and he'd, we'd get ready. We'd go to church. Now, my dad wouldn't come, but he made sure I went to church. <laughs> he'd, he'd get up in the morning on Sunday. He'd wake up my mom. On, and my mom didn't even drive. My dad would drop us off. <laughs> Tell you, it's about... 69 and a half, and he really, the Lord got a hold of him, you know, before he went to be with Jesus. But you, you have Bathsheba, you know, she's an adulterer, and then you have King David murder her husband. So we have, so far we have what? We have two harlots, an adulterer, and Ruth was actually a good woman. She was just a Moabite that are in the line of Christ, that are right there, how God used them in a powerful way. And then you go down to um, Jacob, 16, verse 16. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. Now, when you read about Mary, she must have been about 16 years old, just a young lady. But God saw great things in her. God saw the righteousness of God in her. And when the angel approached her and said, um, hey, you're going to give birth to a boy, 
And he called him Jesus. And she says, how, how, how is this going to happen? I've never known a man before. And the, the angel told her, the Holy Spirit's going to descend upon you and you'll be impregnated with the seed of God in you. Now, some of us might have went, uh, and took off. And, and, but she said, let it be to me as you've said. When you look at the list of moms, you know, right there, we have a virgin that um, birthed the son of God. But behind her, there's a stack of people that were imperfect, that didn't follow God at, at the time, all their life. They made a lot of mistakes, but yet through their family line comes the son of the living God. Now, I, I could just imagine the mistakes that we have all made in this room, the imperfections that we have, um, but I find hope in this passage of scripture because of what God does. When we allow God to have his way in us, it's amazing what he'll do through us. When we surrender all to Jesus, we can run with him. We can go with him and allow him to do supernatural things in us. But when we look at our circumstances, and maybe you're here today, like I said, and your kids don't like you, or, you're, or maybe you don't like your mom. This is the thing, I love my mom. Man, my mom was great. Well, many of you knew my mom. My mom was just, I was with my little brother this last week and Greg and Carly and, and we were talking about my mom and we just laughed so hard. My mom was so funny. She just say things, do things, you know, older people get the less filtered they are, you know. <laughs> my mom was funny unfiltered, man. <laughs> I said, mom, you can't say everything that comes to your head. She goes, that's the problem, Ron. It doesn't get up here. It only goes to here. <laughs> but when our kids don't, don't like us, when our kids remember the past better than we do, it makes it tough. But one thing you can't forget is what God has done. God is forgiven, and God restores, and God redeems. God redeemed Tamar's life by putting her son Perez right in the lineage of Christ. God redeemed Rahab, the harlot, from, by putting her right in there birthing Boaz. It's just amazing what God can do if we let him. But you gotta let go of some things. You gotta let go of those words that have been spoken against you, those things thrown at you, those, you know, I, I know, you know my, my one daughter has, has just said terrible things to Delanda and I. And it's like, I would laugh and she would say, this isn't very funny. I said, well, it is for me, because I know none of it's true, you know. But I know the battle. And I know the battle that some of you are in today. Because our, our children aren't perfect either. 
But I know the grace that God has extended to us that we can overcome. The grace that redeems situations to put you right in line with Christ. That puts you right in line with what Jesus has done for us. There's an old song, there ain't no grave gonna hold this body down. Amen. Because of what Jesus has done. We're gonna go. But I'd love to have relationships restored here and now. I'd love for us to be better at what we do as a mom, even a dad. I'd love for us to let go and let God. I'd love for us to praise God for what's coming. I'd love for us to just believe God for the great things that he wants to do. I'd love for us to just declare who God is in our life. I'd love for us to just love our kids no matter what. I'd love for us just to love our parents no matter what. I'd love for us to just let go of those hurtful things that, that are supposedly behind us. I remember I, I told my daughter one day, I said, well, your mom and I have just let it go. And she said, well, that's convenient for you. I said, absolutely. <laughs> Even things Delon and I went through when we were younger and married, you know, as we were coming out of that and stuff. And she'd tell me things I did. I said, I have no idea what you're talking about. I remember one time I even cried because I saw, I, I can't believe I could be that mean because I had no recollection, right? God had just totally wiped it out. He had taken it away from me so that I, I don't even remember it. So when, when it comes to my kids, I don't remember the bad things. I don't remember anything bad. I'm just going on the happy-go-lucky run. Saved, born again, filled with the Spirit, and forgiven of everything I've ever done. So if God forgives me of everything I've done, then you've got to forgive me, right? Because if you don't forgive me for what I've done, then you won't be forgiven of your sins. Tell your kids that. You know, if you don't forgive me, you're going to hell. <laughs> I better watch that. <laughs> kids pick up on the darndest things. <laughs> but you know, I mean, but it's true. They're going to they're be unforgiven. Maybe you're sitting here today and you have a problem with your parents. Forgive them. Yeah, but you don't know. Does it really matter anymore? That's kind of why, does it really matter anymore? Life's too short. No, I want to be 60 this year. <laughs> Life's too short. Life's too short to hold on to these things to even... To hold on to the things that you did that you know were wrong with your kids. Life's too short to hold on to that. Everybody say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There, it's done. Can it really be that simple? I believe so. Because I believe that's what God would have for us. Man, I know we made mistakes. I'm sorry. But let's get on and let's live. Because Jesus is waiting for us. He's waiting for us. 
And he's got a plan for each of us. And that's the beautiful thing. He has the plan. And, and if your kids aren't happy with you, just love them. Don't tell them why you're unhappy with them. That's not going to, it's not a battle I want to win. I don't want, and it's not a battle I want to lose either. <laughs> when I got a bunch of stuff coming at me because of things I've done. But we want to just let it go and we want to love. Love covers, amen. And when we as parents or as children love, it'll cover the junk. How many of you need a little junk covered, huh? Yeah. I think. Because we're imperfect people. And it goes both ways parents to children, children to parents. It's a wonderful promise. See if I can get there. It's in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5. He says, look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. And I believe there's coming a time, a season in these days ahead of restoration that God is going to restore what the enemies tried to steal from you. It'll turn the hearts, and you know, it puts fathers there, but even moms, parents. Sometimes it's difficult to confront. Sometimes it's difficult to talk about. And sometimes it's difficult to love. But that's what God is calling us to. As parents, to love our children no matter what. And as children, to love your mom, your father. Love them with all your heart, your soul, mind. Love them, love them, love them. And as you do that, you step out in that love. God will break those chains that hold things back. Praise you, Father. Mama Mary, God's going to do something supernatural there for that restoration. <laughs> the Lord says there's no pit too deep and he's going to bring him up. He's going to bring him out. So just let the peace of God fill your heart today. Let it overflow in you. Don't spend any more tears on it. God's got it. God's got it. Amen. God's got him right in the palm of his hand. And just leave him there in God's hands. And let God do it. God's prepping him to be ready. So don't worry. No fear. Just, thank, just start thanking God for it. Sometimes we wonder, and we, 
can't imagine how God could restore and redeem certain situations. But he's God. He's God. He can do that. And I just think about the love that you have for your kids right now who aren't following Jesus. They may love you, but they're not following Jesus. They don't hang out with you too much because they don't want to follow Jesus yet. But it's coming. It's coming. God's going to do it. Amen. And when they come, as a mom, let it go. Let it go. You know, I remind you of the story, of the, and I'm going to finish up with this, the prodigal son. When he came running, he, when he came down that road and his dad seen him from way off, his dad took off running, but he, he, grabbed him a, he grabbed him a coat, he grabbed him a ring, and he said, hey, kill the fatted calf. My son's coming home. And he took off running, and he, and he got to his son, and instead of going, man, why did you waste all that money? Why did you go and do this? Why, why, you know, why, why, why? He, he said, oh, my son's come home. And he put the ring on his finger and he put the nice coat on him. And he said, hallelujah, my son's home. Let's have a party. And they went from there. Or we could be mad. We could be upset. But I remember when I came home to Jesus, Fernando, when I ran to the Lord right here in this church, when I went right to this altar, I remember when I, he didn't say, well, get out until you get better. He said, welcome home. He said, let me clean you now. Let me wash you under the blood of Jesus. Let me just restore you. Let me refill your life. Let me put you back on the path that I created for you. Let me get you going. Hallelujah. Let me restore to you your finances. Let me restore your marriage. Let me restore. And God just began to do that, you know, because he loves me. How much do you love your kids? Are you willing to restore or you just want to beat them down again? You want to lift them up. You want to get them right there. God can heal, God can restore, and God can redeem our mistakes so that we fall into the line of Christ, that that be our position in the line of Christ. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord, and for Lord, just to seeing how you, you've taken moms, God, and you've taken them out of the pit, you've took them out of adultery, out of uh, prostitution, God. Lord, and you put them into a path into to the lineage of Christ. You're a restorer, you're a redeemer. And I pray, Lord, that today, that as we're talking, Lord, that there'd be restoration that happens. There'd be redemption that happens in our family lines, God. Lord, that it'd be supernatural what happens today in the name of Jesus. And maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I, I need some restoration in my family today. Just raise your hand at me so I can pray for you today. Amen, 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 amen. 
Amen. Father, you see all these hands going up right now. And I pray right now, Father God, that you redeem and restore, that, Lord, that you send your ministering spiritual angels right now to touch people's lives. Lord, Lord, that you touch these sons and daughters, Father God, who have gone their own way and done their own thing. Lord, that you'd restore and redeem their situation, Father. That your hand be upon them. I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You said you sent the Holy Spirit to convict us, and I pray that conviction come upon our sons and daughters, God. Lord, that they'd be willing to restore and get redeemed, to fall back into the line of Christ. Lord, that it be supernatural what happens, Father. And Lord, that we begin to see families restored like never before. Father, that us as the body of Christ would be firsthand witnesses to that redemption power of God and that redeeming process, Father. And Lord, I pray you fill each one of us with the love of God today. Lord, that we'd step out of judgment, we'd step out of condemnation, and we'd fall into the love of God so that, Lord, we could be redeemed and we fall just right into that line of Christ. We thank you so much, Father, for your redeeming love for each one of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Let's give the Lord a hand today, huh?